When we work When we work we work When we pray God works. So put it all together. When we work, we work. When we pray, God works. Hallelujah. Okay. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that uh, as we look to your word this morning, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, we will glean something, Father God, that uh, each and every one of us can take home, Father God, and study and mature in, Father God, and grow in, in Jesus' name. Amen. In life, the environment that you select to be in will be will ultimately determine the place and position of your success or failure. Okay, uh, so you need to know your location. If you need to change your location, change your location so you can be successful. If you're in a place where you're not being successful, change your vacation. Okay. The Word of God is very specific in directing believers how to manage their affairs. Uh, so we're going to be looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, and we'll see certain values that he esteemed that guided his life's journey. So we're going to look at some of these. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts uh, chapter 20. That's the book of Acts, chapter 20, and we will begin with verse 18. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came unto, I, unto Asia, after what manner I, I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine, and with many tears and temptations which uh, befell me, by the lying of the weight of, weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repent towards God and faith towards the, our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me, save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that the bonds and afflictions abide. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify to testify the gospel of the, of the grace of God. Verse 25, And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wow. So, uh, just the very beginning of verse 18, when I have come to, he says, and, and when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know that from the first day that I came to Asia, what manner that I have been with you, in all seasons, there was something energetic. This is the first time he's coming. We need to be energetic when we do things. Amen. We need to be energetic from the first day. He didn't lose that. That uh, he was pumped up. In other words, he he was really wanting to do something. The people noticed it. Do people notice you're pumped up when you come into their presence? Oh, me, here he comes again. Oh, me, there she is. Now, you need to be pumped up. You know, They might say, oh, yeah, there's that energetic person. Why, why are they so happy? You need to have some type of testimony that uh, brings joy. You know, there might not be joy to them to seeing you all happy, but you need to have joy you know, doing what you've called to do. Okay. And, I have a uh, verse here. Pardon me? I have one verse here. You didn't read it. The what 26th. 
26 verse. the most powerful. Can I read it? Go ahead. Therefore, I testify and protest to you on this, our parting day, that I am clean and innocent and not responsible for the blood of any of you. That is powerful to say that he says in the, in the King James, where I, for I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to, to, declare, to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Praise God. That is a powerful, powerful statement for any Christian to be able to make. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear. So we need to be energetic in, in the things that we're called to do. Well, even in tests and trials, it says, James says what? In tests and trials? Count it all joy. Count it all joy. So you have need to be energetic. I mean, oh boy. It's kind of rough. Uh, uh, what verse, at the verse, uh, end of verse 18, for I, I've been with you at all seasons. Uh, we need to, you could say in all seasons, he said, we think seasons, uh, winters, uh, Spring, summer, fall, but all seasons, up and down. He's he's with them, and he's energetic, showing them the goodness of the gospel, telling them how to walk in the spirit, how to obtain things. He's insistent upon it. You can do it. He was their cheerleader. He was their goal setter. We need to be the same for those that uh, we are among. Amen? Amen. Powerful. Verse 19 says, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Wow! He had loyalty. He was serving the Lord. We need to have the same loyalty. Not just when you're in the confinements of the church building. We need to have loyalty on the outside. You know, uh, you're not supposed to lie and cheat in church. You're not supposed to lie and cheat at your job. But sometimes people seem to stretch things out. Uh, you know, especially fishermen, you know. <laughs> so let's not be fishermen. We need to be fishermen of men. And, uh, and don't let the big one get away. <laughs> not even the little ones. We need to bring them all in. Amen. Okay. So we need to be loyal. Um, again, in verse uh, 19. With humility of mind. No, well, so not self-willed. He's talking about. He's not self-willed here. Humility of mind. He's taking on what the Lord has shared with him to share with others. Uh, how many of us are doing that? Humility of mind. Eh, I let them stew in their own. St- <laughs> you know, let it, let them just be. You know. They brought it on themselves, so ha ha, you deserve what you got. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help them out. When you see your brother fall, when you see, when you see your brother fall, you're supposed to pick him up. When you see your enemy hungry, you're supposed to what? Feed him. Now, some of us, I would, you know, some enemies, I'd say, you know, uh, the door's closed. You know, remember that one person was knocking on the door. He's, he had, he had, uh, I could say relatives or friends come late at night and he was knocking his neighbor's door to get some food and the guy you know he kept on knocking and he was consistent well we need to be the same way we need to be consistent in the things that we have called to do that means to share the good news of the gospel okay so I don't know how we got that way humility of mind go ahead you know, when God gives you a vision, and we pastors teaching on visions right now, I, the scripture that came to me is the zeal of God has consumed me. 
It's literally burning in your soul. You cannot get away with it, get away from it. And, and you keep pressing on, no matter what, no matter how many people, no matter what people say to you, you keep pressing on because you know that God's given you this vision and goal to go forth and do. And it, it's not easy. Sometimes you feel like you're a, um, at a bowling alley and you're the pins. You know what I mean? Through the years, you have to keep going and going and continuing on what he told you. That's how when God shows you something, you don't quit. No matter what, you just don't quit. I mean, no matter how many, no matter what, you just don't quit. And I know for me, one of the scriptures he gave me, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. I now understand what he meant. You know, I understood them, but I didn't understand the complete process and fullness of that, of what it was going to mean. No matter how you feel, no matter what, you're going to press on. You're going to press on and, and finish that course. And Paul is, is outside of Jesus is our greatest example. He just kept pressing on no matter what. Okay, baby. Amen. Glory to God. Going on with verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears, with many tears. Here is some passion and affection going forth. We need to be the same way. You know, our world's in a turmoil. The last three weeks show it. You know, you we're having people being shot. We got uh, in our own country uh, policemen being gunned down and now in France again uh, they have another um, horrible uh, terrorist action uh, on the people on their their fourth their fourth of July. Of course there's the fourteenth of July. But people were watching their finishing up on their fireworks and a madman has killed 84 people. There are some people are still in very critical condition. You know, we need to have uh, shed tears for you know for those that uh, a lot of those people that died are in hell right now because they never received the Lord Jesus Christ. That's something to shed your tears on. I mean, you know, and of course there's the uh, families uh, that are left, you know, uh, grieving. And we need to, you need to pray. We need to pray for them as well. That they may, if they may not know the Lord Jesus, we need to pray for them. That's where intercession is. That's where we, we're called to do. That's the first thing. Prayer is the first thing that, that a church is supposed to do. You know, you say, well, it's just for the your local church know it's when you hear like I said we are an ER we're like the hospital when you hear something that's uh, dreadful somebody's needing help we need to fall on our knees and pray the Lord shouldn't have to wake up wake us up in the middle of the night and say Someone needs prayer. We need to. We need to, Somebody needs to be praying already. We, when you hear about something, we need to pray about it. That uh, the uh, grief-stricken or the uh, uh, the combatant, uh, the devil, is stopped in what he's uh, trying to accomplish in people's lives. You know, uh, you could be the the detour, the warning signal. Uh, that uh, will help people. Uh, I've told this oh, a few years back that uh, we had a missionary that came to our, our church and uh, he was talking about uh, that uh, this was in Africa, I believe it was, and that um, oh, he, he told that... about the situation that, uh, uh, that one of his people... Uh, on the field in in Africa was being chased down by uh, somebody that wanted to kill him, and uh, and all of a sudden this person came along and stopped 
stop the guy from killing this other individual. And he says, uh, you know, don't know why. And then at the back of the church, a man stood up. He says, I was the man. I had a dream. I thought it was a dream. But it wasn't a dream. He was interceding through the whole He was interceding, but, but he was there. You can be transported. We can be transported. Well, the one thing about that that was so powerful was he actually... There were mud on his shoes in the morning when he got up to put on his shoes. He had been in such deep intercession, there was mud on his shoes. Not from did, his farm. Not from anywhere around there. Because it was a type of red clay, and his farm was, yeah. was uh, black clay or black dirt, and he knew something. But he was refreshed when he got up. Amen. But he knew he fought a battle. Mm-hmm. You don't know when you're going to be called out. We need to pray. You need to pray. We need to pray. I mean, uh, uh, we need to pray. Continue to pray for those 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 families. Uh, uh, on the officers that were killed, the last mm-hmm. one was uh, buried yesterday at a memorial service. We need to pray for the families. Every time you hear a siren, you need to number one pray for the officers that are they're involved in whatever and anyone anybody that's been injured you know the minute i hear sirens i just start praying but nowadays especially you've, you've got to pray for the police or the sheriff or whoever is involved in this situation and when you get used to doing this it just becomes natural you just go ahead john Three more police were Three shot more? and killed in Louisiana. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, with the, uh, on duty, I take it. Sniper again? Or, or different, different, different locations? Or? We need to pray for John. I mean, he is a deputy sheriff, and he's in this church, and it's up to us to pray for him and those that work with him. Put a wall around these men. Angels around them and... and Plead the blood of Jesus over them. He may not wear a, a blue jacket or a blue shirt, but he's a... You're in our prayers, John, I'll just tell you right now. I mean, he should be at right up there, one of the ones at the top of your prayer list, because they are protecting us. You know what I mean? They're protecting us, and um, I just, I'm very grateful for what you're doing. And I'm sure there's times you just want to give it up and say forget it because of the disrespect. But you know what? God sees it. God knows. And there's, you know, when you're dealing with people and protecting people, God sees it and he knows. And Father, we just pray right now for those that were killed this morning in Louisiana. This has got to stop in our country, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name for their families. On um, one of the little girls whose um, daddy was killed, and we're going offline and on the step, and we can do a two-party here. Houston. Um, when her daddy, there's a video of her out there, and the last time she saw her daddy, he was kissing her, and he said, I can't remember the whole thing, but you might not ever see me again. This might be the last time that I hug you and kiss you, and you might not ever see me again. And he must have known in his spirit. And she's just a little girl, seven or eight, telling about it. And, you know, it brought comfort to her. But you think about these are children. These, these are families that their, their father, you know, I, I pro- if he told her this, I believe he knew, had a premonition, or was a Christian, and God showed him. But he went ahead and went. He went ahead and went out there. You know what I mean? And that's, that's courage to the max. I, I can't say anything more than that. And I've just been myself weeping. Pastor knows that. Just weeping. God, is, God wants to do something big in this country. And the enemy's trying to stop it. He's not going to stop it this time. We've had enough. Make America great again. Praise God. And I believe that. I believe that's God. Well, God will move. 
in this country and we'll see a revival and then we're out of here. Just if they're having a huge revival right now in France, they have been a non-Christian nation for years. And unfortunately it took these things to happen, but it's happening now. And so we just need to pray. Have they, uh, I'm sorry. Pray for the convention this week, just pray. Have the, did they catch the, or apprehend the individual that shot him? Right. Okay. Like the man in France, his name was Muhammad. What? What else? You know. Okay. Okay. Thanks, John. So we need to pray. Let me go on. Uh, yeah, verse 19 goes on and says that. Uh, with and temptations which befell him. Um, verse 23 also says that uh, at the very saying at the very end of it, saying that the bonds and afflictions abide me. You're going to be tested mm -hmm. on our faith. The enemy uh, is ruthless, and you we see the enemy's diabolical ways in our world today. Uh, we're not safe in our own country when, when they're gunning down the peace officers uh, that are here to protect us. Uh, again, we, uh, we're going to be tested and we have to stand up strong. And it's not God testing us. I'll tell you right now, it's the enemy. Okay, let's go on to verse 20. And I kept nothing back that was profitable for you. And I, in other words, he's, he was, Paul was honest in everything he said and everything he did. Um, unfortunately, as Christians, some of us are not as honest as we should be. Uh, we might be, <laughs> I hate to say it, we're honest with those that uh, share the same um, commitment, quote, unquote, with one another in church. But oftentimes uh, uh, our honesty goes out the window the first day of the week when we return to work and so forth. You've heard that say, you know, you know. You're, they're good on Sundays and Wednesdays, and you know the rest of the week uh, they're hell bent to do things. So we need to be honest with ourselves. Uh, honesty and truthfulness will win the lo a lot of people's hearts over, especially when you come before them with the gospel. Okay, uh, verse 21. It goes on and says, testifying both to the Jew and also the Greeks. So here we go. You're being evangelist, uh, testifying and uh, repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to be, as an evangelist, wherever we go, you know, uh, it doesn't take much. Um, if you're a little bit fearful, go back there and get a couple of those flyers. Just hand out the flyers. It has everything on those flyers. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to get out there. People are, are dying. I mean, uh, even normal deaths. Uh, I, we don't get the newspaper, but uh, when, when I have seen the newspaper, there is an obitu obit obituary page, and people are dying. How many, how many of you see there or read about really knew the Lord? No. I always look to see who's doing the funeral. That's when I, that's just, you know, you've got to be wholehearted in verse 24. Yeah, but none of these things move me, verse 24, neither 
count my life dear to myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify of the gospel of the grace of, of God. We need to do it wholeheartedly. Now, unfortunately, um, most Christians, when they walk, in, walk into the house of God, they don't come in wholeheartedly. <laughs> you come here, you come in wholeheartedly. <laughs> I mean, we need to, there needs to be that spark of energy, that, that uh, zeal when we walk in here. This is where, you know, you have the Lord all the time with you. But when you're in a corporate area, he says, when two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of thee. And a lot of suddenlies can take place. That's right. That's right. Suddenly a heart can be changed. Amen. A suddenly healings could take place. An understanding take place. That's a suddenly. When we come together. There is an expectancy. Yes, amen. Jesus said to the, to the disciples, wait and pray. There was an expectancy in the upper, upper room. Were they disappointed? The only ones that were disappointed were, I know there were more than 120 that were told that. But only 120 were there. And they were not disappointed. Amen. We shouldn't be disappointed. Okay. Steadfastness. We're looking at steadfastness. Go to uh, Psalm 16. Pardon me. you look at the uh, title for or the heading for Psalm 16 it says joy in the in God's presence but we want to look at verse 8 for I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved David understood that uh, I'm not going to be moved because God's with me why should I go, go why should I go someplace else Okay. Um, John, this one's for you. Okay. Um, eight, verse nine. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory, my inner self rejoices. My body too shall rest and, and confidently dwell in safety. <coughs> for you, Whitney, too. A promise. Amen. Therefore, my, my heart is glad and my glory and my inner self rejoices. My body, too, shall rest and confidently dwell in safety. That's for all of us, but um, especially this, uh, the Lord told me to give that to John this morning to stand on. Praise God. Hey, that's, a, that's a good verse. I think that would be a good verse for all of us. Mm -hmm, for all of us. But especially for those that... Uh, Every day. We're doing something. Uh, well, let's go all the way back to Psalms 1. Look at that. Psalms 1, 1 through, verses 1, 2, and 3. From the Amplified. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous. And I will, in the, is a man, enviable, is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following after their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord 
and his law, the precepts and instructions, teaching of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and night. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf shall also not fade or wither. And everything he does shall prosper Hallelujah. and come to maturity. Glory to God. That Praise is good Jesus. news. No wonder he said it's the gospel. Good news. These is steadfast. This is talking about, we're talking about Paul's life, but we're forgetting. Well, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. So if we'll now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And look at the verse, uh, last verse. That would be 58. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hey, what you do for the Lord is not in vain. It will, you might be watering. You might be, just, uh, you might be planting. You might even get to harvest. But it's there. You're doing something for the Lord. And he'll not withhold any good thing from you from do, doing his work. Wow. Okay, we're going to uh, continue with Paul's life here. We're going to look at four, uh, what I call, anchors in Paul's life. Excuse me. Paul had a sense of destiny. Paul had a sense of destiny. Uh, today, most people don't know who they are, why they are here, or where they're going. Yeah. God wants us to live, not just exist. A lot of people, well, well, well. I'm making my, I'm biding my time. That's not biding, that's, that's existing. He wants us to live. What kind of life? A life with more abundance. Glory to God. We weren't born as an experiment. <laughs> you were created for a purpose. Um, a purpose and a destiny. We all know what uh, Jeremiah 29 11 says. He has a reward for you in your life. We need to follow through because there's a purpose as we follow him. Who you are, what you can do, and where you're going. When you know. We shouldn't be just in a survival mode, just, just waiting. Um, well, I'm surviving. I'm just waiting for the rapture to take place. Well, that's good. But Jesus said, occupy until I come. That means doesn't mean occupy a seat and wait. He means occupy and do what you need to do. Occupy, follow through on what his commandments are. Amen. Go ye therefore into all the world. World. Go ye into Santa Maria, Orcat, Guadalupe, wherever you know, Tanglewood. You know, hey, that's our world here. This is what we're going through right now. These four anchors. This is part of Pastor's vision that this church will go forth and do these things. This is what he feels his vision is to teach. Part of his vision is to teach each one of you how to go forth into the world and in your daily lives and conquer the world. That's, that's part of it. Like this church is a hospital and you're part of the, the emergency team that are going out there 
and to know there's a sense of destiny and, and you are part of it and you're to go forth into it. And it's his job to train us, teach us how to do this. And so that's one of the biggest things that he's always told me when he's talked about his vision, that this is part of my, a big part of my vision is teach the, teach the people how to grab the word, hang on to it, and not just be a survivor, but be a doer. Praise God. And I believe he's doing an excellent job at what he's, what he's been called to do. But you have to have a, each and every one of us has to have that sense of destiny. You're put here for a purpose, you know. The Lord told um, me we're not test tube babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got a job. Like I said, going back to the hospital illustration, each and every one of us has a, uh, is working in a, a different department, but it's all under one building or under one, one management. And we need to fulfill that to the best of our abilities. Okay, okay. Paul lived for a higher purpose so he can say that the world's prob that the world's problems would not move him. Uh, go to Philippians three, chapter Philippians chapter three. <laughs> Verse eight. Philippians three eight. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them as but done, that I might win Christ. From the Amplified. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss, compared to the possession and the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness and surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, and the progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and considered it mere rubbish, refuge and dregs, in order that I may win or gain Christ, the anointed one. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what life's all about. Mm -hmm. A destiny, a purpose. Wow. Okay. We've got that. Let's go to Romans chapter. So this is number two. Romans chapter 12. Wrong way. Romans chapter 12. We pretty much run over this scripture quite a bit, but we'll look at it again. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. From the Amplified, it reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decision, dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So there, we need to have a sense of dedication here. So many people spend their lives in church thinking, I'm not receiving much from God here. So they move on to another church. And they blame the past for a lack of, 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 of fulfillment in their lives. Uh, I hope you're listening. The goal is not getting from God. The goal is not getting from God. The goal is giving him more of yourself. It's not that, it's not do I have all of God, but does God have all of me? Do I have God? No. How much does God have of you? Do you give him your all? 
we've often talked about that our hearts are, we're supposed to be cleaned and oftentimes it says we've got that little dirty little area that, that little fringe stuff that we just haven't brushed out yet we haven't washed it. We, you know washing of the word is supposed to purify that but we kind of put a cover over it and this is I like this Lord just let it go I'll, I'll repent every time I fall into it but just don't want hello nobody's ever been that way huh okay pray for me does God have all of me well you hide it well for me I said you hide it well if you have any of this problem It'll surface. If it doesn't surface here, it's going to surface when you stand before the Lord, and then everybody's going to know. You know, it's the best thing to do is, Lord, forgive me, wipe it out, and then, when, then the devil says, look at that. Look at that Laurel. Look what she's got there. And he said, no, he's, she's, already, she's pure. She's clean. It's covered by the blood. But if we haven't covered it by the blood, you know, it's going to, everybody's going to know you're little. It's not going to be little because everybody's going to know it. It's going to be big and you're going to be, ugh. Let's go to, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Colossians chapter 2. Want me to read it? Okay, Colossians chapter 2, uh, beginning with verse 3. You want me to read it or do you want me to read it? Oh, you can read it if you want. What do you want it read out of? Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 3 through 10. Amplified so, or? Either one. Whatever. Okay. In whom all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. I say this, in order that no one may mislead and deludes you by plausible and persuasive and attractive arguments and beguiling speech. For though I am away from you in body, yet I am with you in spirit, delighted at the sight of your standing shoulder to shoulder in such orderly array, and the firmness and the solid front and steadfastness of your faith in Christ that leaning of the entire human personality on him in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and, God, and goodness. As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives, and conduct yourself in union with and in, in, in conformity to him. Hallelujah. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and found in him, being continually built in, up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. See to it that no one carries you off or spoil or makes you yourselves... Um, caught up by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense, nonsense, following human tradition, man's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elementary teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah, for in him the full whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, Godhead continues to dwell in bod bodily from the giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him made full and having come to the fullness of, of life in Christ, you are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Listen to this. You are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and reach full spiritual statue, and he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. Is that it? Wow. 
So that was his dedication, and look what he came up with. Hallelujah. Or look what we have, have uh, obtained because of it. Glory to God. So as a Christian, we have all the treasures yes. of wisdom and knowledge. We just have to yield to it and open up to it Amen. and abide by it. Glory to God. When Pastor and I were called into the ministry before we ever left for Raymond, we went up on a hill and um, sat there and made a covenant to God. And we completely dedicated ourselves, our lives, everything to Him. It was, do you remember that? God, take us. We'll do whatever you ask us to do. Whatever you ask us to do, we'll do it. And as couples or singles or whatever, you need to do that. I will never forget it because when we made that covenant, we meant it. We went, we were going to stand on it no matter what. No matter what anybody around us did. If every word of faith person turned and went to the grace message or whatever, we were not going to. And, and I don't know how long we've been here, but we've preached the same thing. We've not gone astray into this or that or this. And there's only one line, one way, and that's faith. That's it. You know, the just shall live by faith. Praise God. You can't have too much faith. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, does it, what does it say that when Jesus returned, will he find faith? Mm -hmm. Will he find will he faith find on faith? the earth when he returns? It says he will in this a, church. A small remnant is going to have faith. And they say, don't talk about faith. Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, we've got to hurry. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God of God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So we have, <clears throat> in this uh, dedication, we're finding that we have all the blessings. Second Peter. Let's go to Second Peter. Honey. I think we can do this next week, but I think you can need to go down to this one pretty soon. Second. Okay. Uh, let's get this one. Second Peter. Let's go to Second Peter. We're about if there. If you want to. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 3. 2 Peter 1.3, according to as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Hallelujah. Amen. We've been called to glory and virtue. We've got it. Amen. You need to speak this over yourself. Seriously, just as a confession, I don't know if you guys do confessions, but according to his divine power, God has given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Speak it over yourself. Speak it over your family. When you come together, speak it over each other. Amen? Okay, so the question, does God have all of you? Have we laid down our lives and dedicate, as a dedicated sacrifice, as in Romans chapter uh, 12, 1 says? Whoa, glory to God. You might read the Greek in that. Uh, um, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says the word reasonable. Um, is logo or logo, L-O-G-U-O-S or L-O-G-U-A-L. Um, it means a, a heart that will do. So it's reasonable. It means a heart we will do. We can do it, says. Oh, a heart we can do. Pardon me. Okay, glory to God. All right. We're going to jump down 
we just end with this part here. Okay. Yeah, it's the vision. To Vi the vision. vision. Okay, let's go back. We talked about the vision. Okay, let's. We talked about. We've been talking about Marion Hospital, which is seventy four years of age, right? Did I say four? No, seventy six years of age because it was nineteen forty. Okay, um, and all that entails. And we said that just like. Uh, uh, when Marion was birthed, they saw certain things, and uh, when we, we were birthed here, we were called to this city, uh, who's a city whose maker was God. Uh, we were given um, the name, God's presence, you know, to bring God's presence in, amen. And then, and then uh, we mentioned that Jesus said that his house should be called a house of prayer. So everything that church really should be established on, with and through is what? Prayer. Prayer and intercession, okay. And fasting comes there. So, so in a hospital's environment, all locations are expected to be clean and sanitized for the patient's health needs right and uh, you know you, you go into the different rooms and you have cleaning people to make sure all the rooms are clean I mean you you know got to be sanitized okay uh, and you if you were, were to go into the operating room where the doctors are it's clean I mean all the utensils and all that and the doctors or nurses are dressed like what They, they they come in their street clothes, their you know their their uh, gardening clothes. No, they come in how scrubs, what they call scrubs. And what do you, if you watch any of the old movies uh, or uh, some of the doctor or hospital things they have? The doctors got the cap on, they got the mask on, they got their gown or whatever that is on. What do they do next? Wash their hands. They scrub their hands, and uh, when when I was going through Marion with the new section a few years ago, uh, the, the pastors' day when they yeah, it was the pastors' day that, that they took all, all of us through there, and they said, okay, now you got to go through. You know, he says the best. This is the way the doctors wash their hands. <laughs> they go in there, they get you know, water going, they hit the little handles, you know, so you don't touch it, you know, with the elbows. They get and they get their soap. And they sing a song. <laughs> this is how long they wash their hands. This is the doctors do this? Oh, McDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. And on it, you go through three of those things, your hands are washed. They're cleansed. I mean, you're going a little digital. <laughs> then after they do that, they got their hands like this. Do they go and operate? What do they do next? Put gloves. Why, why have wash your hands when you got gloves? Okay. They actually sing old McDonald's. Well, that's what they told us. I don't know. You know, more likely after a while, you know how long that is after you wash your hands. You know, it's good almost a minute and a half, two minutes. Did you go that? Try it when you get home. Put some no, soap in your hands. Out. And it's not yeah. just your hands. It's up to here, too. Well, it's yeah, you're going up, thing. To, up, to your, uh, up to your elbows. You know, you're one. And that's they said. Try it. See how long it is. So, so they took you to this tour, and they said they washed their hands. Yeah, they washed their hands. You know, they wash their hands with this stuff. And he said, they, to really get your hands clean, you sing. A, they sing a song. They're, oh, well, they, well, you know, well, they just said that song. I don't know. Well, they could have Mary had a little lamb, but I mean, is. you know. A little piggy here and a little piggy there. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Before the, doctor, uh, before the doctors and uh, nurses perform an operation, they have to scrub. Okay. For the church intercessional prayer to be effective, the individuals, you as an individual or, or us corporately as individuals, also must be clean in order that our prayers to be heard. Now, if you, if you recognize when, if you come here for early uh, 
uh, prayer you know, on uh, Sunday morning or, or at Sunday night, uh, Sunday night, uh, Wednesday night, we we open in prayer. We we come before the Lord and, and we say, Lord, if if there anything be in our for our prayers to be effectual, we need to be cleansed. If there's anything in our lives, we ask the Holy Spirit to remind us so that we can remove it with the Holy Spirit by using First John one nine, thereby clean. So we got we are clean. Okay, so um, also our, our prayers must be uh, so that our prayers can be heard. Those that enter the church must have a clean environment to become healed and made whole. That's what prayer is. That's what, you know, people, you need, okay. It's part of our job, carrying out our obligation in a way to promote a safe refuge and an environment of love and compassion for those who are lost and for those who have a hunger and thirst for God's word. That's what your prayers are for. So isn't just, just, you know, I'm coming to church. You, you, you have a purpose. You are coming into God's house. You need to be praying. People coming in, you need to be, you know, when people come in, they need to feel that love, have, feel secure. Just like when, a, when someone goes in the hospital, they should feel secure. They're going to get the right, what, uh, treatment or medication or, or they're going to get the right help. This is what, pe when people come, they'll know because of the love and the commitment that you have. Well, you don't know, they won't know the commitment, but they should find out that the love and, and your prayers have, have ministered to them. They'll feel something different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's... I have something to show. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. Well, it's up to us, those of us here, to be in prayer and intercession when people come in. Because sometimes people will come in and they have a spirit on them and they want to interfere and disrupt the service. And when you see that happening... Start praying, binding it. Pray for the pastors to have the wisdom on how to deal with it. And trust me, it will happen if you remember the one that followed Paul around. For, this is a man of God. This, this is a man of God. You know, everything sounded great, but that woman had a spirit and he finally, had, finally got tired of it and dealt with the spirit. And so that's your job in here when people come in, they're not all, they're not going to be saved. I mean, they, they might be saved or they might have been backslidden and picked up garbage. I don't know what. It's up to you guys when the minute they hit in here to, to pray and intercede that we appear, number one, that it won't be affected, that our, with, with the word of God will not be affected so you can hear it and they can hear it. And number two, for... You know, we had someone one time come in and jumped up to the, about the first row, and unfortunately, he had evil that he wanted to do to me, and Terry was head usher at that time. She knew it. She knew exactly what his plans were, and so she told the guys, if he starts in, get him out. And um, sometimes you've got to be prepared for this because we're, we're desiring to have people that need to be saved, delivered, and healed to come in, but we have to be prepared as a body to be spiritually alive and ready for whatever takes place. It's demons, don't worry. I know how to deal with them. Not even, they don't scare me. They don't do anything to me. But I need your prayer because it can upset those around. You know, we had that happen with an evangelist one time. I'll just be honest. He... I was up, up on the platform, and this was when we were in the old building, and he got the thing started, and the woman started, and I thought, okay, big boy, you started it. Deal with it. And he didn't know how. So thank God two of the ushers were able to get there before I, I got down. I had, I had to deal with it. Laurel was there. It was one of her first times. She was sitting next to Matt. They were dating at the time. She was sitting next to Matt, and it freaked her out. She said, what is this? 
And we had a lot of visitors that day too, and it freaked them out because I did not, I did not, I'll be honest, I didn't appreciate having to deal with it because if you start something, if you're the one that's standing up there, you need to know how to deal with it. But I did, but in between that time, because the people in the church at that point did not know what to do, I had to get down, down off the platform and go deal with the person. So some of you were there, Laurel definitely remembers it. People didn't come back because of that. And so we need to be prepared as a body. That's part of our vision. This is a hospital. Whoever comes in here is to receive what they need to receive. This person did get delivered, but went back out. Uh, went back out in the world, did her thing, then went to another church. She riled up at that church at a picnic. They didn't know what to do. They thought she was having a seizure. They had knew no, nothing about demons. She, and I'm sure when she let them in, she let a ton of them in. Then they had the, <laughs> they called the ambulance to pick her up. So this is our job. These are, these are things that are, are what pastor's been teaching on prayer quite a bit and intercession. We need to be prepared and ready. There's no fear. There's no fear in here. The enemy's not going to do anything in here. But you as this body, that's part of your job and part of the vision. Our vision is to be ready and prepared and know what to do in any circumstance. If they carried a person in a stretcher in here and they were dying, it's up to you guys to not just watch, but to be praying. God, raise this person up out of that stretcher, raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, and cast out devils. That's what the Lord said we were to do. And it's exciting when you see people set free. There's nothing, I mean, it's exciting. There's nothing scary about it, any of it, but we're, right now we're learning about the vision and what your part is in it. And this is a big, big part, the prayer part. Pray for the ushers. You know, John's back there as the head usher. Pray for him that he's gonna have the wisdom and knowledge. The best person to watch is me. And you'll be able to, you'll know by my expression exactly what to do. You know, it's Pastor and I, and Dan's right under us. And you'll know, exa I, I will look at Dan first, and he'll know exactly what to do. And John will be prepared. Okay, and that's, you need to pray for them. Because God wants to bring people in here, and we have to be ready. We have to be ready, and now's the time. The Lord has told us over and over, now's the time. And we'll go into different things that the Lord's shown us and given us. I actually have, still have my book with it. I all wrote everything down in about the church. And so I'll let you finish, but I just wanted you to know about this, how important this intercession is. It's, it's so important in this hour, very important. And just five minutes of prayer a day is not going to do it, folks. I'll be honest. I mean, if you used to pray an hour a day, bump it up. Just, you know, bump it up. You say, that's a lot to ask. Well, praying in tongues, you can just pick, pick back. I mean, you can pray in tongues all day. If you're alone, you can pray in tongues all day. Trust me, when you get to when we when you get to that point of praying in the spirit, God starts showing you things, and it's and it's exciting. He's it's scripture that you've put in yourself. God starts making making it real to you, and so, pastor has taught prayer for years. He knows how to pray. I mean, if you ever are with him and, and he's alone praying, it's powerful, you know. And, and in here, our prayer is going to go up notches. Be prepared. Okay, sweetie. Well, uh, what did Jesus tell his disciples <laughs> in the Garden of Gethsemane? 
prayed with Pray. him. And he came back and said, could you not at least pray in two minutes? No. What do you say? An hour. Pray an hour. I bet you they became well prayer warriors after that. You said that twice. Could you not pray an hour? And that was for them. That was so they wouldn't be tempted. Okay. Well, we'll close off with at we, that point. I think point. we had more on this one. No, we're just going to shut it down. You said to shut it down. Okay. It's already 12. All right, let's all stand. Announcement, okay. <laughs>